You're wired in. Smallcapvoice.com. Following is a presentation of Smallcapvoice.com, today's leader in investor relations, capital formation, and retail support. Now, with your online business briefing, Smallcapvoice.com's Stuart T. Smith. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining us here at smallcapvoice.com for another online business briefing. We're welcoming back to the show Marijuana Company of America, ticker symbol MCOA, out on the press wire this week. Thursday, April 15th, Marijuana Company of America reports full year 2020 financial results. But the reason why we're talking today is we manage the social media for the company with uh, social marketing as well. And we do get your questions there. And we appreciate those questions. And I think it's important to point out that the company wants to address those questions in this public forum where we can give you a better and more detailed answer to your questions. So that's really what today is, is to talk a little bit about those financial results through these questions that she submitted for us and specifically for MCOA's Chief Executive Officer, Jesus Quintero. Jesus, how are you today? Hi, Stuart. How are you? I am very good. I know that was a long intro, but uh, this is a new type of interview for us to do today. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you taking the time to do this interview with us. It's very important and valuable that we have a constant communication and interaction with our investment community. Yeah, I agree. And there's some great questions. And then there's some questions that maybe we need to work on a little bit. And I'm going to start with one of those. Uh, here's a question that we get quite often, and it says, why are millions of shares being issued after hours? Now, I'm going to take umbrage with that word issued because I know what they're talking about, and it's not share issuances. They want to know about the trades that show up uh, through their quote application, whether it's quote stream or through their brokerage platform, we can see these aftermarkets trade aftermarket trades happening. And I've known about this. You know, this question comes up for a variety of our client companies, and it has to do with what's called trade aggregation, also known as bunching or blocking. And it's where traders have the opportunity, and you can find this at sec.gov. They did a 2013 article, and they've updated that. I'm actually quoting U.S. compliance consultants here. Trade aggregation is the process of adding trades orders together to purchase and sell the same security in one large order. Investment advisors are frequently aggregate orders for administrative convenience and to achieve lower overall execution costs and commissions. So it's a cost-saving effort by the brokers. It's also a way that some brokers actually pass along better trade execution to their clients. But here I am talking about and asking and answering the questions. I'll let you jump in on this one. Hey, Zeus, any thoughts about this question about trade aggregation? Yes, well, in this particular situation, it's pretty clear-cut. Basically, um, with us selling our S1 shares with a particular investment fund, and we have another um, lender who we closed out warrants and things like that, and they're basically executing or selling their shares uh, toward the end of the market day so that it doesn't negatively impact us at toward the end of the business day. We have no control over that. Uh, we've worked with these with the lender and with the funding the funds, and they're basically executing the shares. But we are in no control of that whatsoever. It's totally independent of us. We appreciate that they're trying to work it so that the stock does not, it doesn't affect the stock price too negatively. 
but like I said, you know, that's out, outside of our hands. We uh, we just basically execute what we have to execute with them from a fiduciary perspective, and that's what's happening. Well, and I think listeners and shareholders and investors, you need to understand that it's not going to end. More than likely, there are multiple groups that can do this trade aggregation, and it's a you'll see partial fills. Uh, and again, it's in this case, they're doing it to the benefit of Marijuana Company of America, but they still do it for their customers. They still do it for themselves. Let's be honest. A lot of this is electronic. It's all just done without any kind of conscience. So this is going to happen on any stock that has uh, the amount of volume that you do here at Marijuana Company of America, ticker symbol MCOA. So similar to the above question, uh, the company has released press releases saying they're done with toxic debt and the like. So why is the price getting more diluted if they're no longer dealing with bad debt lenders? Go ahead, Jesus. Because one of the major lenders that we had has finalized their last, what you call, tranche of convertible debt, and they're basically executing those shares as part of what we call the closeout or the washout of the remaining shares that are out there. Um, But those days, I believe, are coming to an end as they are closing out everything that they had, including warrants, which we had, and we've negotiated and closed everything out. So our balance sheet in 2021 reflects no convertible debt. Thus, there will be no more derivative liabilities on our expenses. And uh, But that's a flush out, and it's almost done. But that's why you, you know, our, our investors continue to see that, and which is the reason why our stock price has been diluting a bit, because of their flush out. All right. Thanks for that, Jesus. Let's move on to another question. Can the company provide any information on the sales slash revenues from product sales via Hemp Smart? Now, I know you've got the 2020K filed now, so you can talk about those numbers. And we can also talk about what you and I recently touched on in another audio interview, which is a shift in your sales strategies. But the floor is yours. Yes, um, basically, um, our Hemp Smart sales basically products that are CBD-based. Uh, we've been successful with, with the sales of our products over the past few years since inception, going from as little as 19000 a year to as high as $695,000. Today, I can talk about our numbers for 2020 since our K has been filed effectively. Uh, basically, this year, our sales were 280653 It has been a significant decrease from prior year, but... A lot of it had to do with the pandemic, COVID-19, and how that impacted our sales. However, despite that, we've still gone through the process of re-strategizing and reformulating, and now we have a new e-commerce platform, which has begun in 2021, and which we believe will help us achieve new levels of sales in, in our company. Um, this transition involves a lot. It involves the, you know, the rebranding of our products, the re-strategizing of how we actually reach the markets via social media advertising, as well as introducing some new intangibles that we already know are not out there by any other competitor of ours. We basically work with social media to try to provide encouragement and inspiration to the consumers, not just with our products, but by actually trying to engage with them to be able to provide encouragement and a lot of inspiration because of the fact that now because of the COVID-19, a lot of people are in, under depression. A lot of people are home, not being able to do the things they want to do. Many people have lost a lot of loved ones because of COVID. And we totally understand it and we recognize it. That is why as part of our stress sales strategy, aside from the products, 
revamping on the e-commerce platform, we're introducing a new intangible to complement ourselves to reach the consumer audience and let them know we're here to help and improve your life with our products, but we also want you to know that you're not alone. And these two together, I think, makes us a more responsible and more complete marketing company in what we do. Excellent. Well, we've touched on this next topic in recent audio interviews as well, but I know you have more to add to this. And the question comes, how will MCOA profit from efforts led by CBGL and ECOX? Go ahead, Jesus. Well, first of all, I think that um, from an investor perspective, I think we have to look at this beyond the share exchange scenario. Yes, there was a physical share exchange between the two entities, but we're basically enhancing and completing our partnerships, so to speak. But in reality, there's so much more to this, and it's very exponential, because CBGL does a lot of uh, high-tech products and uh, innovations in terms of hemp and how it works with the human body and uh, their their powder drinks and, and other type of uh, beverages that they produce is very impactful. We actually believe in their products, and to the point where I really personally believe that in the long term, we have an opportunity where their type of products can actually, you know, disrupt the industry and maybe even be considered a, a substitute for alcohol in the near future. I think that's that's a significant impact. And that's one of the things that I see from a vision perspective as to what our partnership really means with CGBL. In addition to that, I think EcoX is another great partnership that goes beyond the share exchange where... They come up with new innovative programs and innovative products to invent inventors that are creating new things in the market that have never been seen. We have a unique opportunity to participate in that particular arena with them as they come up with significant products that can really make an, a change in the industry, really make an impact in the lives of people and in the, in the marketplaces as well to be part of that, to be on that train of success is exciting for us. So both of our partnerships, both of our new partnership with CGBL and with EcoX, I think it's going to create a significant improvement to shareholder value. And that's what I'm looking for. It's not just about selling us MCOA. It's about how we work together because I believe CGBL on its own, EcoX on its own, and MCOA on its own are three very impactful businesses. I can imagine putting them together as one force working collaboratively across different types of markets will be a significant, a significant improvement and opportunity of improvement for the shareholders of all three companies. Well, Jesus, towards that end of being completely transparent, I want to tell you we're passing along all the questions that we get. We are bunching them together, so I don't ask you the same thing, just with different words. But we have had this one a few times, and it says, is your office located inside of a dentist's office. It's uh, When you look at it on Google Maps, you know you do see that it's in, I, I would say, probably like a strip mall location, something of that nature, and maybe there's a dentist's office very nearby. You tell us. Yes. Currently, our offices are in Escondido, and we are in a strip mall. We are in a very small office. Uh, it may be next to a dental office. They've had many changes and many new tenants in and out, but we have our own offices. And um, that's where we are currently, and that's how we operate. Uh, we're not at a level right now where I can tell you we can actually put ourselves in a big high-rise building 
I don't think that that's to the benefit of our shareholders as we want to use our money wisely and be able to upper, keep our operational costs at a minimum and focus more of our financial efforts on sales and profitability rather than you know, on just standard operational administrative expenses. So we're in a strip mall and it's a very you know humble, small office. And we were able to work comfortably out of there and keep efficiencies going. Yeah, I think as an investor, they would rather see your burn rate, your monthly expenses, and your monthly rent be low so that more is brought to the bottom line. So uh, I appreciate you letting us know about that. Now, let's move on to a topic that I know is near and dear to your heart because you uh, have uh, international background, but not just internationally with countries. Uh, The question is, what are plans for getting products into new states? and countries as they legalize. Once again, we did touch on this in our last audio interview, so I do encourage the shareholders who are sending in these questions to make sure you hit the press wire, pull up those audio interviews. But Jesus, the floor is yours once again. Um, Right now, our goal is, as we work in the U.S. and expand ourselves, we are doing a lot of market research to determine and make sure legality-wise that we're able to sell in certain states. And we're working due diligently with our marketing team that is very interactive and is working constantly with regulatory agencies to determine that we can enter certain states and sell. In terms of countries, we're also working with our executive vice president of Latin America as we pursue new markets and we look at those that we want to be able to enter where we can make a significant impact. The um, opportunities are, I would say, even bigger outside the United States as countries are still trying to find themselves as to where they stand with CBD and do they really understand it? A lot of them do not. A lot of them are very excited, curiously conservative, yet careful, which is where we come into play because we're not like the competitors. We're not coming, knocking on the door and say, here, this is what we have to sell to you. No, we're coming there to educate and tell everybody this is CBD and this is what it is and this is what it does. Once the consumer, the audience, understands what they're being presented, then I think we're in a better position to say, okay, this is what we can offer you. And so far, that strategy has been very successful. It's been successful in our initial launch in Brazil and has been successful in our initial launch and discussions in Uruguay. And there are other countries we're talking to where it's basically the discussions have been extremely positive. And through the use of social media, we've done little, you know, kind of like presentations to say, hey, coming soon. And the responses are well beyond what we ever expected. Well, Jesus, this has been a lot of fun, and I appreciate you taking the time. And, of course, we're going to get more questions after the release of this Q&A because people want to get their voices heard. The general consensus that we see uh, from the posts that we get is that, you know, ultimately investors want to see a plan from your company, and then they want to see an execution on that plan, which, of course, that's what every investor wants to see out of every company. Um, But, really, you've done a great job of putting out future-oriented goals. Now I think what we need to do is talk about what you and I have been discussing off the air for a couple of days now. There's an annual report, first of its kind for your for your company. So this is the kind of thing that the investors are looking for. So let's talk about that annual report and when they can expect to see it. The annual report um, that we're, we're developing, which is the first for us, was an idea that I decided that it was time for us to do, simply because, um, to be honest, our investors who have been very loyal to the company and they believed in us from the beginning uh, have really never had a visibility as to who we are, what we are. And I felt that the annual report would be the best way to show the world who we are and show 
them who the main players are of this organization where they haven't trusted their investments. And that is what I've done to this annual report. People will see the financials of the company, the operation, the mission statement. They'll see what we've been doing. They're going to see the financials, where we, are, where we ended the year versus last year. And we're going to talk about our different levels of operations so that we can actually um, show, them, show them where we're trying to go. And we have pictures of everyone that's involved in the organization, especially myself. One of the things that I was very concerned about when I took this position as CEO of the company was the level of responsibility that we owe to our shareholders. That was my first primary goal, my responsibilities to our shareholders. The shareholders never really got to see who runs the ship, who is, you know, who runs the company. And I wanted them to see immediately, I wanted them to put a face and a name to Marijuana Company of America, myself, Jesus Quintero. I didn't want to hide behind anybody or anything. There's nothing for us to hide. I think it's the total opposite. We need to be more forefront and present ourselves in front of our shareholders to let them know, hey, we're here working for you. And that's what I want from this annual report. I want to give our shareholders, our investors, for the first time, a look inside the house, the glass house, and see who are the people that are working for us. And I wanted them to see who we are and what we do. And, you know, we have, a, you know, we have different business plans. We have strategies. We have budgets. Um, I try not to focus on a five-year plan because I think that's unfair to the shareholders and the organization. Right now, it's about getting through 2021. Make sure we hit our milestones. Make sure we are successful and more successful than previous years. That is the main objective. That is the main priority. I'm not focused on what the company could do in five years. I'm interested in what the company can do now, because that's what matters most. That is something we owe to our, to our shareholders. Uh, they've waited very patiently for us. They've hung in there with us. You know, it's time for us to deliver to them. And Stuart, uh, to answer your question from the original onset, the annual report uh, for our company will be out by next week, the week of April 19th, 2021. Well, I'm sure that's music to the ears of your investors and also to potential investors that might be tuning in. Please continue to send your questions in via social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. They're all available. They're all monitored. Please reach out. Join up if you're not already. Go ahead and like those pages. Join those groups. And you can always send your questions directly to me, your host, Stuart Smith at smith at smallcapvoice.com. Hey, Zeus, always good to catch up with you. Thanks for your time here today. No, and thank you for the time, Stuart. And the opportunities to work with you are always great. And I know you you have all give uh, our shareholders an opportunity to kind of tap into what's going on with us. And you really do a great job of being able to provide the real story to everyone, which we appreciate. Well, thanks so much for that. We look forward to that annual report. And listeners, again, out there on the press wire today, using that ticker symbol MCOA, you can see the full year 2020 financial results. For Jesus Quintero, this is Stuart Smith saying thanks so much for listening. Smallcapvoice.com, today's leader in investor relations, capital formation, and retail support, provides its clients with the highest level of service. Our audio interviews are disseminated to one of the largest opt-in audiences available today. How? We at smallcapvoice.com believe in aligning and affiliating ourselves with other leaders within the investor relations community. By sharing resources, each affiliated firm is made that much stronger and each client is served that much better. Our focus is to identify and provide the very best financial services and solutions available to clients and their shareholders. 
For more information about our services, please call us at 512-267-2430 or visit us on the web at www.smallcapvoice.com. This is a broadcast of smallcapvoice.com, a financial communications and investor relations firm. Smallcapvoice.com receives payment for investor relations and financial consulting services that it provides to its clients. You should assume that officers, directors, and employees of smallcapvoice.com or financial analysts mentioned and their families hold a position and intend to trade in these securities for their own accounts. This is not an offer or recommendation to buy or sell securities. Information in this broadcast is presented solely for informative purposes and is not intended to be nor should it be construed as investment advice. As in all investments, an investment in a featured company carries an investment risk. Listeners should review the company thoroughly with a registered investment advisor or registered stockbroker. This broadcast does not purport to be a complete study of the featured company or other companies mentioned. Information used and statements of fact have been obtained from the featured company and other sources but not verified nor guaranteed by smallcapvoice.com as to completeness or accuracy. Such information is subject to change without notice.